Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past and have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How you doing, hon? I'm doing great. Okay. Good to hear. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, things no, good. I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah? yeah? It was a tiring day. It was a big day. Big day. Went to a museum. Went to a museum with that baby. It's not a baby anymore. I know, that toddler. It's almost a preschooler. He's a big boy. Yeah, With a lot of big emotions. Oh my goodness, so many big emotions. Oh, it's nice to... I love him, but it's also nice when he goes to bed. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, we're recording a little late because bedtime was a little late. Yes. And so if you hear a few... Then that's nothing unusual because you yawn all the time. Oh, well, more than usual, I would say. Probably. Probably. Maybe I'll even get some mic yawns in there. Yawn. Maybe. But maybe you'll get some yawns in there because of the movie that we talk about this week. This week we will be talking about Friday the 13th, which hit theaters back in 1980. Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. Three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. Four. And then layer that with like a Back to the Future sound and like make like a remix with the two and that'd be a really good rewind sound. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, fix it in post. I'll fix things in post, but that's too much work. <laughs> yeah. So May of 1980, right off the hop, actually something really cool. Oh, yeah. On May 8th, the World Health Organization announces that smallpox has been eradicated. Oh, wow. That was before we were even born. Born. Look at we that. We never lived in a time where we had to u- worry about smallpox. Do you want to know why? Vaccinations. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, 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 wah. I'm pretty sure we still get vaccinated. Do we still get vaccinated for smallpox? I think it's part of the thing. Too. Well, it might Maybe be polio. not. No, no, it's, no it's polio I'm thinking that we get vaccinated for and it's not really an issue anymore. No. 
Because anyway. of vaccinations. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> On and then here's another so topical. <laughs> big one. Mm-hmm. On May 18th, Mount St. Helens erupts in oh, Washington geez. State, causing the large, largest landslide in history, killing 57 people and costing $1 billion in damages. Crazy. Again, before we were born, but like that's like a thing that like who hasn't heard about Mount St. Helens? That was yeah, a big one. That's a like, big one. You don't really think of like massive destructive volcano in the United States outside of disaster movies. Yeah. And it happened. It it did. It, it you as you mentioned, yeah. Yeah, like when There's I think like when, video of it and I like, think when people think volcanoes, they think like the South Pacific. Yeah. Like Krakatoa. Or Hawaii. Or Hawaii. Or Iceland, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Iceland. But they're they're literally all over the world. Yeah. They're just what's active. I guess, I mean, Japan. Yeah, Japan. has Mount Japan. Fuji. That's only yeah. dormant. It's true. Anyway. <laughs> the time is coming for you, Japan. Uh, May 21st. This one, uh, this is another one that really kind of puts context on what the world was like at the time when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't tend to do a lot of other movies premiering at this time. Like when we do, like, because we're talking, we're talking about a movie, but uh, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Premieres. Yeah. And then right after that, May twenty third, The Shining premieres. Didn't realize those two movies were the exact same age by two wow. days. Wow. Like I did not know Friday the Thirteenth, Star Wars Two. Yeah. Really. Technically. And The Shining all came out the same month. It's a big month for movies. Like, what a big month for movies. And like, who would have thought Friday at the time, Friday the Third, because it wasn't originally meant to be what it is. This is true. Who would have thought that it would have more? No, does it have more in the series now than Star, Star Wars? Wars? Uh, it's Star Are Wars we counting is, TV shows. Star Wars is catching up. If we count TV if we count, shows, well, if we count TV shows, Friday the Thirteenth had a TV show. Yeah, too. but not as many TV shows as Star Wars. Star Wars has a lot, but do they still count as canon? But Friday the 13th doesn't count as canon anymore. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. So, like, no, Friday, th- like, if you're counting. Um, just, let's just count movies. We're counting movies. Freddy vs. Jason has got more movies. Yeah. But not probably for much longer. Not for much longer. Not at the rate that they're. Well, I mean, they slowed it down a little bit, but they were doing one every year for a while there. Yeah. Whether it was a numbered one or not. Same with Friday the 13th for a while in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to speak on the box office for this movie? Yeah, definitely. Because I can imagine it's not the kind of box office we're used to on this. On this That's program. the funny thing. It It's one of those years, like right off the hop, the big movie of the year at the start of the movie or start of the movie, start of the year is Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. You've heard of Kramer. Versus I've Kramer. heard of Kramer. It's Never the, seen it. I know it's a divorce movie. It's a divorce movie. Yeah. It's got Meryl Streep. One, and it's one of those movies that like, this doesn't really happen now. It does a little, but not to this extent. Because this movie was on and off the number one picture until May. And it came out in December of 1979. Wow. It won a ton of Oscars. So it yeah. had a ton of Oscar buzz. And then it won a bunch of Oscars. So it was off and on number one over and over again for almost half the year. And that doesn't happen anymore. You'll get a movie where, oh, it nominated for Best Picture. And it might like pick up steam at the box office but there's not really that slow period i mean again this last couple of years is screwy 
but there's still bigger movies now coming out in February and January like there didn't used to be because mm-hmm. those were the drag months. And now studios are like, well, if we put our movie out then as a decent movie, it'll make a ton of mo- money because there's no competition. So now there's still good stuff coming out in those months. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that was number one all the way off and on until May. Other movies that came and went as number one during that time included, but not exclusive to American Gigolo. The Fog, oh, the original one I would fog. like to cover at some point. Yeah. And Coal Miner's Daughter. I don't know Coal Miner's Daughter. It's um, it's not Dolly Parton. It's the other one. Patrick Swayze? No. He seems to be in movies like that. Anyway. It's I, not- I assume he's not the daughter, though. No. He would be the Coal Miner. It's um, the biography of Loretta Lynn. Okay. You know Loretta Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Well, you the, you wanted to know, but you're trying to tell me who it was, right? You said who it was. It's the movies about Loretta Lynn. Oh, it's so it's it's, it's not starring Loretta Lynn. It's oh, it stars Sissy Spacek as Loretta Lynn. Oh, well, the way you were all like, it's not Dolly Parton, it's the other one. I'm like, oh, because Dolly Parton's in movies. Oh yeah, but I'm pretty sure Loretta Lynn is like, aren't they sisters? What Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know the family tree history of Dolly Parton or Loretta Lynn. Oh, well, I don't know. Or they're like related or something. I know they, they perform together a lot, but I mean. Maybe they're just good pals. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that into country. But then along comes a plucky little film <laughs> called Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. which premiered at 2.2 million. But the, the office is weird back then because different sources also put it at five million. Oh, really okay and it doesn't say if it's that's inflation or if that's like worldwide or what so it's hard to so i'm going with the safe bet of what is around also listed at that time for 2.2 million okay and that's fair mm. it actually held for two weeks oh yeah and then it was beaten by a small indie film called star wars <laughs> called star wars Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Which was number one for it was like the biggest movie of the year of uh-huh. Star Wars. Of course. Um at two hundred nine million. Nine to five, speaking of Dolly. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh was number two with hundred three million. What a way to make a living. Yeah. Uh, and Stir Crazy, which I've never heard of, no, was number know, three no, no. at hundred and one million. Friday the thirteenth actually cracked the top twenty. Oh wow. Uh number eighteen at thirty nine point seven million dollars. No wonder the they made like a thousand sequels to it. It was a huge success. That's the thing. So this movie was made for $500,000 or $550,000. Mm-hmm. And it made $39 million. Yeah, You can see why they would make another one, yeah. There's not a lot of other genres out there where they can make a movie for so cheap and they turn around and make... like, And you hear it all the time with these cheap horror films like Blair Witch. And I know they're both... Uh, like Paranormal Activity. I know they're both found footage. But, like, there are a ton of horror movies that are made for dirt cheap and make a ton of money. And, like, this is how Blumhouse, Blumhouse, Blumhouse got to I be Blumhouse, huh? so successful because he gives these talented but unfinanced creators million, two million dollars to make a movie mm-hmm. and kind of lets them do whatever they want. Doesn't spend it, t- but for a horror movie, an independent horror movie, million dollars is a ton of money even today yeah still a ton of money for these people and then if it 
turn around and make more than that, which they usually do. And like between streaming and everything else, like he's laughing all the way to the bank because he's invested a million, but he's making five million back on all these cheap movies because you can make a horror movie generally for fairly cheap. You can make any movie for fairly cheap, but the audience isn't really there like it is for horror. Yeah. As someone who sits around and watch horror movies all day, I, you know. You're a connoisseur. I would say I'm a little bit of a connoisseur. Um, on that note, just as an aside, uh, I was looking, Hot Topic was having a sale. Oh, take a look at some spooky shirts. They had like X Files and some cool, like, Friday 13, that sounds lamb. I was like, oh, $60 for free shipping. I'm like, that's pretty easy to hit $60. Four shirts. Yeah. Four shirts at $60. Great. Load it up, put in my address, $30 for shipping. What? Delete, 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 delete. I thought it was free shipping. What happened? I guess because I'm not in the States. Oh, what a bunch of bull. $30 to come from the States. Plus, there could have been duties. I was like, I don't want cheap t-shirts that bad. Yeah. Eventually, I'll go back to the mall and just buy them at Hot Topic itself. Yeah. Did you check the Hot Topic Canada site? That's There is not. There's not a Hot Topic Canada site? I know. What's the point? I know. Get out. I don't know. Anyway, so that's my little aside there. Because one of the ones I was looking at was Friday the 13th shirt. Because it was pretty cool. It had tie-dye. Was it the the poster for this movie? Similar. Oh, okay. Similar. It was a take on the poster, I would say. Hmm. So, but with more tie dye. Yeah, with tie dye. Mm. So, anyway, shall we discuss our initial viewings of this movie? Our, our my, memories. My husband. Our memories. My memory of this movie is I watched it with you some time ago in the past because you have a four movie set. Yep. And. Because I remembered the movie, mm-hmm. I didn't remember it as well as I thought. Like, like there's a few moments in the movie I remember very, very well. Yeah, and I will get into those moments. But I, I didn't see. Like, I'm not a horror guy. I know of the franchise, but I know more of it of the the Jason aspects of it. Like, yeah, that's fair. So, like, I knew who the killer was based on you know, like Scream. And, yes. and things like that. Like it, it's it's a pop culture thing that given the circles I tra- travel in, that nugget of information came up, came to light to me before I'd even seen the movie. So whatever, whatever. But like, yeah, I never saw it until you bought you went on a kick and you're like, I don't have any of these movies and went out and started buying all of them. And you bought a f- the first four. There's like a pack of four. Well, I had the first one and then. I was going to buy them all and then I found this four pack. So I got rid of my singular first one and bought the f- and had the four pack instead because oh. like there was no point in having two copies of number right. one. Did I, did I watch the original copy of one or the four pack copy? Either know. way, you made me watch it at some point. And the thing with that, we, and I could to attest to you saying you're kind of like, wait, am I remembering which am I remembering kind of thing where they blend together a little? Yeah. I think that's because when I got, the movie i got all the movies i got the four pack and then i hunted down the other ones because this movie these movies aren't streaming here in canada no they've been before but they're not currently and it is something i want to own it is like a franchise near and dear to my heart and i was like look i've got all these movies i'm gonna sit down and watch them would you like to join me and we watched every movie in the series yeah and i'm pretty sure even the remake 
I think so. I've seen, I saw the remake without, before I dated you. Yeah, I saw the remake. Like, of the, oh, because it came out long before we were dating. The first Friday, the 13th movie I, I saw was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, <laughs> but no, but we watched all these movies probably over a two week period. Yeah. Maybe three weeks. Mm hmm. So understandably, they kind of bleed together. And mm -hmm. we did the same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street when I got uh, I got that, the Blu-ray set, set yeah. of all the Nightmare movies. And we watched those all in quick succession. So I could imagine those would bleed together too. Yeah. Because we're eventually going to do a Nightmare movie. Um, I'm actually shocked you haven't picked one yet. You know what's crazy? The first one, I would have to pull the culturally significant card. Because it never was, yeah. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't because uh, it came out at the same time as I think something else that was bigger and it still did well, obviously, because it made a ton of sequels. Yeah, but it uh, was like an Austin Powers where it was like fourth place, but it stayed in theaters for a long time. And then yeah, and like had a sequels, lot of successful sequels. Yeah, and then the, and, the second one's like it. Obviously, the second one is what it is. Yes. <laughs> but then the third one comes out and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Very similar with this franchise. Well, that's the thing. And like. But this one was started specifically because in 1978, Halloween came out mm. and it wasn't the immediate box office set success because it was like very similar to like The Exorcist where it like opened here, there and everywhere and built word of mouth. Mm. Well, obviously it became a big success. And so the director of this is like, well, I can do that. Yeah. And like there are a lot of notes from that movie in this movie. And one of the things and I just like right off the hop before we get into it too, I just want to note, because I'll forget. One thing you'll notice is the music in this one is very tonally. There's similarities, but the way it is used is different. And one of those things that they, it's, it's used much less, mm. there's much less music in this. And this, it was very intentional to differentiate it from Halloween. There was, they specifically made less music in yes. the movie. Okay. Because they know it's going to be very much compared to Halloween, mm. especially like title. Friday 13th, Halloween, the whole thing. But that's, I speak about Halloween because I saw this movie long before I saw Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, I've, this is a series I watched out of order. And I don't think, like you said, you knew that Mrs. Voorhees was the killer. I'm pretty sure I didn't, I knew Mrs. Voorhees was a killer as well before I saw it because of Scream. I'm pretty sure I saw this after Scream. Yeah. I was really starting to get into horror movies when Scream came out. I was only 11 when Scream came out, almost 12. Mm -hmm. And it was really like Scream was the movie that like made me go, I've got to watch all these movies it's referencing. I got to watch Halloween. I've got to watch. Got to do your homework. I got to watch like uh, Nightmare. I got to watch Friday the 13th. Like, I got to watch. And like that's grown since where I'm like, well, now I've seen all Friday the 13th. And well, now I, I want to check out Sleepaway Camp and the burning and like all these different like movies that do take place in sleepaway camps mm -hmm. like so so it's like it, this one was one that uh like i said i'm pretty sure i saw the series out of order and like you said i know i saw it out of order but i'm pretty sure i didn't see this one first in the series and i knew it was mrs Voorhees as the killer to begin with because of scream mm -hmm. so anyway so anyway shall we get into the movie yeah, right off the we? right off the bat, I, I want to bring this up because it's the first time that this has ever happened since we've been doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. And for the very first time, we skipped part of the movie on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. 
there is if if for whatever reason if you've never seen the movie or plan on having a, a rewatch of the movie there's a scene in the movie where they kill a snake and it's real and it's real it's, and the guy who owned the snake didn't have any idea they were going to do this and like freaked out yeah and apparently the reason they did it is because they wanted to differentiate it and again the differentiate from halloween because they wanted to make it seem like there was real danger yeah which was a deadly snake which it wasn't it was like like a a rat snake yeah it was nothing nothing special and they they killed a real snake in this movie and a lot of people are like wow what great effects those are not effects that is a real snake dying yep yeah so considering the scene has absolutely nothing to do for it literally is supposed to set that like danger can happen yeah so we skipped it we skipped it we just fast forwarded past it to the next scene yeah which say what you want about our you know like oh you you didn't watch the whole movie no we didn't we we skipped this part specifically so if for whatever reason that taints everything we have to say from here on out for you well too damn bad i didn't want to watch a snake get killed yeah (laughs) so anyway with that out of the way let's continue on into the movie itself so (laughs) early in the movie yes we hear the and it's one of those things that i think over time most people know it is key 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 Ma, ma, ma. It still really sounds like I know what it is. It does. It does sound like it. It really sounds like it's not that. Well, what it is, because see, this is something I forgot because I haven't watched the first one in a long time. Mm-hmm. Not since we did our big rewatch of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I honestly was like, is it key, 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 ma, 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 like kill for mom mama like kill for mom to jason or like so i did google just double check it is jason's voice in her head saying kill mom kill mom yeah. kill 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 mom 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 like telling her to kill so that's where the key 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 mom mama comes from makes sense so that's i did i did know that the key 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 mom mama essentially meant kill ma kill mom yeah 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 did you notice it was a herald right off the start? Right, like out, like well, not obviously. It yes, wasn't, yeah. But it's like I forgot about that guy, the doomed guy. Yeah, you're doomed. It's oh got my a death god! Curse. Every time, every time I hear like I see a guy like that in a movie, it makes me think of Cannibal the musical. Oh yeah, where because the, there's a guy in that movie, and it's a parody of this dude, like a hundred percent a parody of this dude, because he's the only thing he says. He's like, "You're doomed." doomed you're all gonna die you're doomed doomed like he says it like 15 times and that's essentially what this guy does yeah. too well and that's but it makes me think of cabin in the woods right because a lot of these movies have these herald characters that's kind of part of their yes their thing but i really like what they do with the character of annie so she's out this is the hitchhiking hitchhiking yeah. to get to the camp she's going to be a cook at the camp she has a really like she hitchhikes into town and like she she needs a ride to camp and they really set her up as like the protagonist yeah because that you would normally do that you introduce your protagonist very early you're introduced early she's 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 a sweet girl she's fun she's there to get a job it's funny though that she she gets a ride from a trucker yes. which i'm like no one would do that these days i know no. hitchhiking was big in 1980 but no we'd call it uber which is kind of the same. 
It's kind of like hitchhiking, except it's like Digital. if you get murdered, there's a paper trail. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. But it's funny that like the argument she has with this trucker, it's almost like that same argument could happen right now between a boomer and a millennial. Yeah, it was very much like you think what you want, man. <laughs> like really, well, and, right? and the, the, the trucker was like, you, you kids, kids today yeah. don't know the value of real work. Yeah. Yeah. You're all dumb kids and you don't. I'm like, pretty sure this is my dad and me having an argument like right here. It's like, what the hell? Just change the topic. Nothing from, ever changes. Just change the topic from summer camp to being a vegan. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, seriously, nothing. Hey, he tried a bite of a Beyond Burger. There is hope for him. There is hope for him. Uh, but then. Yes. So, okay. This is the thing that I thought yes. was very interesting about the whole Annie sequence. Because I assume you're talking about. You're you're moving into what happens, or are you going to go off with, with Ralph? Crazy. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, no, go. You know, make your point, and we'll come. We'll, well no, back I to was just going to be like, it's showing how like she's a really likable character. Yeah. And you're you're rooting for, her. and like if I didn't know she wasn't the final girl, I would expect her to be the final girl because she is. She shows herself to be like capable, capable and, and polite. There's nothing that she does that fits into the horror rules. There, you know, she's not having promiscuous sex. She's not, not smoking drinking, grass. Yeah. She's not drinking. She's not rude. There's nothing about her that's like she's not like to the trucker. She's not like showing her tits to be like, can I get a ride yeah, or yeah. anything like that. Like she's just a nice person she she even explains that she took the job at the camp because she really wants to help out kids yes and so her dying is is a good curveball mm -hmm. like you know, the way she like gets off and i liked the uh the first person perspective in the car too when she gets killed well, she doesn't get killed, but like when she's talking to, oh, yeah, someone, talking to someone in yeah. the car. Yeah, but but I mean, like that is the that sequence begins with her getting in the car, and then she is killed. Yeah, because she gets he, the trucker drops her off, and then a little later in the movie, we come back to her because other campers have shown up at the camp, and we come back to to Annie, and she gets another ride to take her the rest of the way to camp. She's having conversations. She's like, "Oh, I, you know, I really want to work with kids, and I, I don't like the people. No, she said, I want to work with children. I don't like when people call them kids. They're not a bunch of goats. You know, we got to respect them. Blah mm -hmm. blah. She's a nice person, and it does not matter because, like, obviously, again, we know that Mrs. Voorhees is the killer. She's a nutty nut nut. It's because her son died. Yeah. She hates all the counselors. But like this person, no is, camping ever. This Annie is literally talking about how she respects children and wants to help them out, and blah blah blah. And she's the cook. And she's a cook. It does not matter. Yeah. Pam was so off her rock that like, it doesn't matter that this is a good person. Mm -hmm. She's a counselor. She sees red. Yep. But then back at camp, we get to see Kevin Bacon. Well, okay. Well, real quick though, okay. before we go back to Kevin Bacon, the, this is an interesting bit here too. When she gets, when Annie gets picked up and then the killer chases her out of the car and everything. I know this one is not, the supernatural one like it's it's very much grounded yeah like at oh, the, end, at the, end, at the end of the day with the exception because even the 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 bit where jason shows up is a dream yeah it's not like he actually shows up and then they rescue her and then it, the movie continues yeah it's a dream yeah. so this one is very grounded but 
it still knowing where the rest of the series goes and the kind of franchise this film be, like this this series becomes it was very very weird to have the killer driving a car yeah yeah i agree with you yeah like i know there's a couple instances where like michael myers steals a car to get yes. somewhere but, but i don't really see yeah him- you don't see him drive it well, you you see you the see, car, like, the car parked in the distance, and, yeah, or like it driving away. Like, there's not like a moment where it like pans over to the driver's seat and Michael Myers is sitting there, you know, Just like, like yeah, cranking the tunes, yeah, flipping someone off at a red light, yeah, like, <laughs> Just, yeah. So I don't know. Like, obviously, could the, you imagine this- if you like? were road raging, and then you were like, "Hey, man, what's your problem?" It was Michael Myers. Michael and Myers. I feel like if I was like a stupid teenager with a Michael Myers mask, that would be the kind of stupid shit that I would do was I would like wear it driving and then be like, remember to people. No, you weren't in the car. There was one time I was going to fan expo when I worked it and I looked over and someone was obviously also going to fan expo. Oh, there was Spider-Man driving on the highway, wearing a full Spider-Man mask. Yes, I did. You told me that one. Yeah. I should have called the cops. (laughs) Cause like, who does that's so unsafe. Yes. Uh, Anyway, anyway, so back to the camp. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon shows up in one of his like earliest roles. Yeah, and it's funny. Like Kevin Bacon's a very attractive man, mm-hmm. but he also kind of looks like Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's something skullish about his face. Okay, maybe it's just his high cheekbones and the way his nose is placed on his face. It does. It is kind of like an up. Uh, He's got a bit of he's a, got a bit of a piggy nose, almost like not like too badly, no, but skull nose. A, I guess <laughs> the Skeletor piggy. nose. Yeah, a little bit, uh-huh. a little bit. But it's it's funny to like see these because Kevin Bacon is big name actor. He's like now, like everybody, yeah. it's just literally a thing six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, like to sort of go back to his roots, where this movie again made for five hundred grand. Total little indie production that, you know, that could kind of thing. It is fun to see these big name actors in these sorts of movies. It's true. And there's a lot of films like this where like the early version, the early movies are first times. I mean, Johnny Depp and and Nightmare on Elm Street and, and obviously Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. You know, these are their early, early movies. And these people go on to be enormous stars. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that. Each one of these franchises has somebody big in their first movie. Yeah, yeah. And like I I love that Jamie Lee keeps going back to Halloween. Mm-hmm. I kind of would love it if Kevin Bacon went back to But he's dead. He can't. We play a different character. <laughs> well, it's not like it's not like every Friday the thirteenth movie for the la- from the last few years hasn't been a reboot of the series. So Yeah. Well, only he been could very oh well yeah, so. but like I mean where did Freddy versus Jason fit into the series? It technically was still part of the original series. Yeah, it was because he they resurrect him from hell. Yeah. So So that doesn't count as like a remake. No. That's just It's just fitting. a weird Anyway. It's just a weird spot spin-off, but anyway. Speaking of things that don't hold up though. So at the camp we're like, you know, getting to know everybody. We meet Alice, who is the real final girl. Mm-hmm. And again, they do a good job. They show that like she's fixing stuff around camp. They show she's a capable young woman as well. They also show she doesn't really want to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing though. She doesn't want to be there. She's just there. Yes. We meet like Kevin Bacon, who's his Jack, his girlfriend, Mar Mercy. Something like that. 
Yeah, Marcy. I don't remember anyone's names. It's all this person, that person, well, annoying Steve's guy. the guy who owns it. There's yeah. Bill and there's Ned. Mustache guy. That's the One, guy. Who that's was, Steve. Yeah. One of them is Bing Crosby's son. Is it Bill or is it the annoying guy? I think it's Bill. Okay. Anyway. anyway. I don't even remember Bill's introduction. He like just shows up randomly. If, yeah, he's just another camper, a counselor. Yeah, yeah, but like there's a whole bunch of scenes where like I don't remember him being one of the them when they're like hanging out at the dock and like no, because Ned's being a dink. Yeah, Ned's being a dink, but like everyone else is there. I don't remember Bill being there. He just is randomly there later. Yeah, I guess he just shows up. He might maybe he shows up early and earlier in the movie and he's just so white bread that I didn't even because he is fairly planned. Yeah. But the only one of these people who really comes across as not a decent dude or person is Ned, who's annoying. Like he's the one who does. And I like that even in 1980, Ned's dancing around. I don't like this. Ned's dancing around in like a native headdress. He does a lot of weird native things. Like he, when he shoots time, the arrow too, he's got a feather stuck in his hair like he's a native. Yeah, but like he flat out is aware what he's doing is bad. Yes. There's awareness of it, which means the people making the film are aware that this is something we can do that show this character is a dink. Yeah. And that he's bad. And everyone's like, this is not a good dude. He's the only character who is crappy and in a lot of these slasher movies one of the one of the things that they do is most of the characters who die who are body count characters are shitty mm-hmm. they're just that's just because you want your audience to want them to get killed in this movie there's not a ton of these people who you you don't really you're not rooting for the killer to you know get them get them yeah because like they're not bad people like yep yeah, Jack and Marcy have sex, but it's not like it's it's romantic and it's sweet and they're like cuddling afterwards and he's not like slapping her on the ass and like, no, go give me a snack. He like he's like they're very like, you know, they're good with each other. Like nobody in this movie is shitty except Ned, which is something of a defining feature for it because like even in Halloween, there's some shittiness to some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, like I said, it's only Ned. And then you'd think there'd be one counselor besides Ned who, like, one of the girls could be a total bitch. No, they're all nice. Yeah, they're all friendly. Yeah. And that to me is something that sets it apart because, like, the body count is quite high, yes. But not, none of them except for Ned, do you, like I said, are you rooting for the killer? No. And I think that's one of the big things that sets it apart from, all the other ones that came out around this time that are very similar, like the burning. A lot of the characters in that uh, he, it's again, it's revenge. It's yeah. getting revenge. Terror train getting revenge. The people that they're getting revenge on are shitty. Pamela's getting revenge on people who had nothing to do with what happened. She's just nuts. She doesn't think the camp should be. Yeah. Like she's literally just she thinks nuts. all the kids are the same. And yeah. So that, that to me sets it apart a bit from some of the other ones. Okay. So we finally start getting into people getting killed. The actual date of the, because it all like happens very throughout one day. Yes. Yeah. It is very condensed. Mm -hmm. It's like they get to the camp and by the, the morning and like, there's a cool thunderstorm going on. outside, And 
No, oh, I didn't forget about it. So when Jack and Marcy are like cuddling after and she yeah. gets up to go to the bathroom, you notice there's like some red on the edge of the pillow. Yeah. And then the camera pans up. Well, and- it pans up while they're having sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like it's Ned dead. Ned's dead. At the on the bunk above them. And it's like so you don't see him because he'd gone out earlier. Yeah. But you don't see him die. And then just he sees somebody. He sees somebody and then he's like, hey, do you need something? And like follows them into a room. And then yeah. that's the last time you see him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was a really cool reveal that like. If they not died and that happened and then they found out it would be pretty traumatizing, I would say. Yeah. But then you get Kevin Bacon's really cool kill, too. That's the other thing. Like. I would say that's easily the best kill in the movie. It is. Although I I would say that this specific time, it wasn't. Oh. For me. Interesting. Because what for whatever reason, during the shot where like not the shot of it coming through, because that, that shot is really good. But like uh... the next shot. The entire it's Kevin Bacon is like, uh, uh, you know, he's acting his death and the, the arrow is coming through the neck and everything. But like the entire upper torso is like a entirely different skin color. Well, that's because this movie. I know. I know it's it's we're it's, watching it in DVD upscaled. It was widescreen. Yeah. If we watched this on like an old VHS, we'd rented or we were at like the cheap theater when it came out. We never would have noticed. Yeah. But like for me this time around, the the axe kill in the face was gnarly. Like yes. just a bam, you yeah. know, like it. And th- I think part of the reason why the axe kill is a little more effective in this one is because a lot happens off screen in this movie. Yes. Like way too much. Oh, like. It ha- Ned is killed off screen mm-hmm. and the reveal that Ned is dead is is like, oh, look, Ned's dead during this moment where the other two are having sex. And it's very creepy. But then characters continually appear dead off screen later. Yeah. Like four four times it happens. <laughs> like it, you gotta it save money somehow i i guess but so uh, but even when when she gets the axe it's marcy or mercy whatever mercy mercy she gets marcy marcy she gets like it looks like it's an off-screen kill because it shows her and she goes oh and then the axe comes down and then it cuts to something else but then it cuts back to the axe in her face which is like oh shit like i didn't think they were gonna show it because they didn't show it I mean, obviously, they weren't going to they, they didn't have the makeup of the axe going into her face, but they had the shot of it in her face. So when it went back to it, it was much more jarring because I was expecting just another off screen kill where the body is discovered much later because that happens multiple times in this movie. Yeah, it does. Can I say, though, when you talk about Marcy's scream, so Marcy's like in the bathroom, she's getting ready, she turns around and she just goes, ah, and like doesn't try to fight back. Or yeah, dodge I did. I did take a note of that or... too. That she was just like, oh no, and dies. Essentially. Yeah, like she doesn't duck or no. like put her hands up in defense. There's nothing that she just goes, ah. I've resigned myself to. She this. resigns herself to it, and like at least I got laid. 
Yeah, like there's <laughs> there's no fight in this girl. No, zero. It's She's just, a nice girl, but like no, no sense of self-preservation. There, there's some. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's an indie film and low budget and everything, but there's some weird choices in this movie. <laughs> well, it, remember, this is like low budget. You're right. This is a lot of their like first or like second film they're in or making. Oh, the, Marcy, when she does that thing in the mirror where she's like, you'll always be ugly, Lizzie, mm-hmm. or whatever. That is Catherine Hepburn in Rainmaker. Uh, yeah. I, I Clearly, she was. I, I understood that she was making a reference that I did not understand. Yeah. Yeah, um, but then we cut over to Steve. He's actually out in caught in the storm. He's at a diner. Yes, not the street. And he's talking to the waitress Sandy. Can I say I love Sandy's glasses? <laughs> She's got these huge nineteen eighty glasses, but they're like a pink, blue, like what's the word I want? Where they like the color the gradient? Mm-hmm. It's gradient, and they are so cool. I'd wear those glasses today. They well, were really cool. You just bought new glasses. You've you wasted your. I know. Your too I should have like tracked them down and been like, okay, put my put my lenses I need in these, and mm. they would have gone. You can't. Not doable at this point. Mm-hmm. And also, sorry, one more thing. We see Jeff driving around in a jeep. This is 1980. The jeep he's driving around and looks like something you'd find today. I yeah. just it shocks me that like. Jeeps really haven't changed their aesthetic. They're they, for the most part, like there's still some like they they have different models. That, oh, obviously, but they have like their main model and still looks the same. Yeah, which is like, what other car like besides like Porsches are still look a little similar. They have the same headlamps. Mm-hmm. But they still change like the body styling a bit. The Jeep looked bang on to me to what you find today. Mm-hmm. It was a little like, huh. Anyway. Yeah. So people start being killed. Yep. A and lot. and we had a doozy of a day. Uh, all of a sudden everyone's brain just turns off. Like that's, completely. That's how you have to unfortunately with a lot of these movies like But like there's some serious brain turn off in this movie. Okay, so I can't remember the name of the girl. She was the one who started strip poker. She's killed on the archery range again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, not shown. But after she disappears, it's just Alice and Bill left. Yeah, and they're like, "Where did everybody go?" And so after the, this this moment happens, like, where did everybody go? They they discover that all of their friends are missing. The phone lines do not work. Mm-hmm. The power goes out. Mm-hmm. They find a blood-covered axe in the sheets at the room that the the, the girls are supposed to be staying in. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, we'll just wait. They Let's just hang prank. around. They think it's a prank. <sighs> Which is bad. It's not a... Why? Like, there should be a better it's just pay. It's a prank, yeah. bro. It's, just a, it's not a prank. <laughs> but like... It, it it just seemed very like okay, way too much is happening here for them to be like, oh well, we'll figure it out later. Let's wait till Steve comes back. Like I know, like like the cars were like they checked the cars and their car had been sabotaged. Yeah, it's a bit much. Like Frank, all of this adds up to things not going well for them. But then, okay, so at one point with 
Tara, Bill's going to go check on the generator because he knows how to work the generator. Yes. And Alice is taking a nap on the couch, which is like, don't split up. What do you think actually was happening during that scene? Because neither one of them is shown with their mouth moving. And none of that dialogue could have been possibly actually recorded with that time. So I'm wondering, in that scene, do you think there was like a no dialogue scene? Because like, like, like he just got up and left and she was asleep and that was it? Yeah, because like it. Every time the camera shows either, then their mouth isn't shown. Also, when when she does wake up, she's like, where's Bill? Oh, probably the generator. Yeah. Like like he says he's going to go get the generator. You hear her say something like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you in a bit or something like that. And then when the camera looks at her, she's obviously like supposed to be asleep. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't just fall asleep in that two seconds. They must have weird. they must have been like, oh, we needed something else here in this scene because this scene is too slow. This scene is so slow that it needs new dialogue. Yeah. Why didn't they think of that for any other very slow scene in the rest of the movie? Like, for example, there is an extended shot, extended shot of Alice making coffee. Yeah. Like it goes on and on like it, it would have been one thing if like you know she started making the coffee and then was like oh a noise and walked off but like she fills the pot she puts it on the stove she turns on the burner she goes and gets the coffee she gets the sugar ready like it's way too long it's a really acting exercise where you're actually doing like every step of something like that uh, and then later say another thing the other girl comes flying like this is after the killer it's been, it's been revealed that there's a killer and she's on the run and she's like oh no what do i do she goes back she goes back to the the kitchenette, the, the, the kitchenette place and she barricades herself in the room I took note of this because she did made the stupidest barricade I've ever seen. There. So, so she puts a rope around the door so that so that you like it can't be like if you tried to pull it, it you can't open the door. That is smart. Yeah. That is very smart. But then she piles a whole bunch of shit in front of the door, but not like very high. It's like just in front of the door. And my first thought was, oh, she's putting it there. So if they try to open the door, she can't push. They can't push it open. But no, that's not the way the door opens. The door opens the opposite way. Like it's, it, it, it's uh, not a very good barricade at all. No. And so it's spent. The movie spends a huge amount of time. It shows her put together the rope and it shows her put all of these things in front of the in front of the door. And then later she has to open the door and it shows her take all of this crap apart like (laughs) you know like that happens and and also also when she is in the room and she's scared and the other girl comes through the window she just brenda i think yeah brenda comes through the window brenda is dead this is the reveal that brenda is dead Mm -hmm. meanwhile Brenda is assumed dead because she was off screen for five seconds because like that's what happens in this movie. If you go off screen, you come back later as a corpse. So she the body comes through the window and Alice is 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 shocked by Brenda's death for like five minutes. 
Like there, there's like a, a lengthy scene of Alice just sitting over Brenda's body going like, uh, uh. <laughs> like, and I'm not like knocking the acting or anything. I'm just saying it just goes on. Like it's, well, it's so it's long. It's like a 91 minute runtime or something like that. They, they had, they're obviously padding. They padded the shit out of this movie. Yeah, this is '80s power suit shoulder pads. Wow, to the moon! To the there's so much padding in this movie. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, but thankfully, at this point, we get to Pamela. Yes, Pamela finally shows up after she uh, after she unbuilds the board after she unbuilds the the barrier. Pamela Pamela comes out and she first she thinks it's. Steve, who's yes, already because dead. she's also driving a Jeep. Yeah, she's driving the same color Jeep, too. Yeah. And she shows up and she's like, oh, I'm a friend of the Christie's. Oh, I'm here to help. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry. I, you know, everything's OK. I kind of wondered how old because Jason was probably, what, 10, 10, 11, I think they said when he died. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So Betsy Palmer was born in 1926, mm-hmm. which would have made her 32 in 1958. Mm hmm. And then 54 in 1980. Mm-hmm. So she was probably 21-ish when Jason was born. Yeah. Just so we have context. Yes, the ages do work out. I had to do the math. Okay. Yeah, she shows up and she seems like she played, I got to say, Betsy Palmer was a respected actress when she took this role. Yes. And she only took it because she wanted like a new car. She, I, I do remember seeing an interview with her where she's well, we like. We both watched Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah, which is a really documentary. good documentary. Yeah. And she's very pleasant and positive and talking to, uh, to Alice, which makes me like, you could tell right away. Like, there's a screws loose up in there and mm-hmm. something's not right, but Alice is just so re- relieved. But um, obviously very quickly, she learns that Pamela is nuts. Yes. And she's, and like, she's the killer all along. All along. And obviously we got into the big chase. Also during this chase, can I ask why does the summer camp have so many guns? I know there was a ton of guns. Like, are they doing like? They must be doing like shooting? target shoot. Yeah, they must be doing some sort of target shoot. Because like, there was like a wall of rifles. Wall of them. Yeah, and like, even without bullets, a gun makes a good weapon. You can throw it at someone. Like, not throw, it, but you can swing it at someone. You can jab it at someone. Like the butt of a gun can do some real damage. Which she tries at one point. Terrible aim. Alice is not very good at defending herself. There are, but at the there, same time, I'm shocked that Mrs. Voorhees has killed anybody because she's slow as crap, too. <laughs> this is also true. But there are, I believe, I think I counted, there's at least three instances where Alice knocks Mrs. Voorhees on her ass, yeah. like completely knocks her out, and does nothing to follow up. No. Like, the immediately when their fight happens, she hits her with a fire poker mm-hmm. and knocks her out on the ground. And then just like puts it down and leaves. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what were you doing? And then she hits her with a gun. Like, as you said, she hits her with the butt of the gun. And then she hits her with a frying pan. Yes. she And and like, well, when, to be fair, when she hits her with a frying pan, she thinks she's killed her because she's got blood coming out of the back. And then she head. just goes and sits on the beach. Yeah. She's like, all right, I did it. <laughs> you know. I do have to say, though. Okay. Before. So Mrs. Voorhees is trying to hunt her down. Yes. And my first thought, this is the hardest part of the video game that came out that's now kind of dead because uh-huh. of the licensing stuff. Where you're, if you're playing Jason and there's one person left, mm-hmm. 
trying to track them down is a butt. Because you're just like, it's a big camp. Where the hell are they? Where are they hiding? Yeah, where are they hiding? Because they could be hiding anywhere. It's Trixie. Speaking of hiding spots, why did the pantry have a lock on the inside? In case of camp murderers. This wasn't the first camp serial killer movie. (laughs) Well, it wasn't true. I guess it wasn't the first time people were killed at that camp. So, I mean... Well, let's just make a few like hiding. Let's make a few hiding spots around camp, just in case. Yeah. Why? That makes no sense. The real lock inside the pantry. Yeah, safe room. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I did like Alice is sitting on the beach because she thinks she's defeated. You know, the big bad. Yes. And then she sees her reflection, and then she sees Mrs. Voorhees' reflection. Yep. And they have one last fight, which is. Again, neither of these actors are trained fighters. I doubt they had a professional choreographer on One of them staff. is a 50, 50, almost 55-year-old woman. Yeah. This fight is clunky. Yes. This fight is slow. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Alice gets the upper hand, but it doesn't make a ton of sense because the two of them are just are flailing at each other. Mm-hmm. Sheer luck. And she chops off her head. Yes. And you notice the man hands. I do notice the man hands. It was Tom Savini. Yeah, I think it's Tom Savini. And so for the effect, it's not Betsy Palmer. Those are not her hands. No, it's very very hairy, manly hands. Yeah. And then Alice's like decision is at that point, like I get it. Like she thought she's won a couple times and not it's not worked. But like her head's missing, you killed her this time. Like, yeah. So she goes out on the lake in a why canoe. does she get on the lake? I don't know. That makes no. Like, her brain is broke. I guess so. That's. I don't know. But then you get the that big Jason reveal, which yes. is a dream that he leaps out of the water. One last scare. Yeah, because you have to have your one last scare. Mm. And drags her into the lake, and then she wakes up in the hospital, and they're like, oh, what little boy? And she's like, then he must still be down there. Yeah. And it's like, it's to leave you with this, like, oh, what if? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, now down the road, we know that he was really there, and he's not dead, undead, dead. Yeah, it's a a bit, it's a weird, in some versions, he's a supernatural monster killer. I don't believe in two and three he's supposed to be. No, I think he's just, he's been living in the woods since, I don't know why he wouldn't have returned to his mother. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. But those movies are fun though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, because this one is the most grounded in reality. Mm -hmm. Because then in four, he dies. Yes. And then five, it's not him. And then at six, he's back, and he's brought back by, like, lightning. Lightning. A lightning bolt to his corpse brings him back to life. Yeah. With a fence post from the cemetery. From the cemetery. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, you dink. That's another thing about this weird this movie. This franchise is very weird in the sense that it has a massive time jump in the middle of it. Yeah. Because Tommy Jarvis in the fourth movie is... Like a little kid, he's a little kid, and then by the time the fifth, because he's in the fifth movie as well, played by a different actor. Yeah, as a as like a late teens, early adult. Yeah, and then also in the in the sixth movie, he's played by another actor as even older. Yeah. So like, I forget. I th- I think I I read a thing that's like by the time they're in like the fifth movie, it's like two thousand and three or something like that. Yeah, it would <laughs> like, have to be to make yeah. sense. 
Yeah. Well, and then Jason goes to Manhattan, but that's obviously like 1990 or whatever because yeah, boom boxes and stuff. Yep. Weird time, weird timeline for the this franchise. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I don't know if you had any more thoughts before we got into. I was honestly a little surprised by. So okay. The fights are clunky. Mm-hmm. The kills with the defeated screams and Steve's face when he dies is pretty great too. Cause he's like, Oh, Hey, to miss Mrs. Mrs. Voorhees. Voorhees, Cause yeah. he recognizes her and then she stabs him and he's like, oh. he's got this great death face too. But like, I've seen a lot of these movies that have come out in this time. Mm-hmm. Like these sla- like the post Halloween slashers. I've seen a lot of them. And so many of them are just like i i enjoy watching all of them like don't get me wrong i do enjoy watching them i wouldn't keep watching them if i don't enjoy them and there are some diamonds in the rough but some of them just don't stand out and you aren't memorable Mm -hmm. and this one is more memorable than most despite the flaws of the clunky fights and everything it's Something in the characterizations and the pacing of the actual like kills and the setting. And it's just, it's got a lot of pieces to the puzzle that work together. And not every one of these sort of slasher movies of this time can say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have to note, like I said, like not so much. Um, like about the sp- specific minutia of the movie, but there is like something to it that does help it stand the test of time better than a lot of these other ones. Like you'll get some that are really memorable. Like um, I really like pieces. It's got something about it's got that je ne sais quoi that's like memorable. But there's other ones that I've watched that are just meh. Mm-hmm. I watched one like. Um, Blood Rage, set it like a movie theater, and then, but not like a drive-in, and it just, it was okay. Yeah, not super memorable, despite the fact that I would say the killer in that is more of a twist than this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's just something about the elements to this one that stand out better than some of the other ones, which is, but not. Not to an extreme, like, step. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it now, I am a little taken that it so easily spawned such huge string of movies when a lot of these other ones did not. Mm-hmm. Like, what about this one? Lots of these movies spawn lots of sequels because, again, they're cheap. Like, you're going to get lots of. Um, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, tons of sequels. Leprechaun. Has Leprechaun, tons sequels. of sequels. Sorority House Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre. Maniac Cop. Like there's tons of them, but like some of them, even with like a big star like Jamie Lee, like Terror Train, no sequel. Mm-hmm. Like it's like what? I would say overall the thing that made this one to me stand out. Like I said, is the characters were enjoyable as people. Mm-hmm. 
the kills were pretty good compared to a lot of the ones I've seen. And the twist of the killer. It wasn't because there, there's a lot of them out there at this time period, like final exam. It's that's what I just remember off the top of my head. Where the killer is just a guy. It's just some guy. It's not memorable. It's just a guy. Whereas this one, Pamela Voorhees being the killer and then being decapitated is memorable. Mm. So in just in basis of comparison to other movies at the same time period, it is better than most of them. I feel like you're about to lay out your your no 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 no. I'm just saying to discuss just some of the the je ne sais quoi of the movie Mm -hmm. because again, like this is turned into a cultural icon. Where unless you watch a lot of horror movies, have you seen the burning? Have you seen the burning? I have not seen the burning. Jason Alexander's in that one. Oh well, then I didn't know that. It's another sleep. It's another like sleepaway camp movie. You know, like it's not sleepaway camp. You've seen Sleepaway Camp. I've seen Sleepaway Camp. Because I made you. Yes. I love Sleepaway Camp. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Sleepaway Camp is known really well in horror circles, but it's not one that's known to most people outside of horror circles. Mm -hmm. Or someone who's stuck married to someone who watches a lot of horror movies. Whereas everyone knows Jason Voorhees. Everyone knows Friday the 13th. Is it the name? But like, there's not April Fool's Day. Like, it's there is a je ne sais quoi to this movie. Okay. Shall we talk what the other critics thought about this movie? I was about to say, critics in 1980 had their own thoughts about this movie. So, Laura, why don't you look at some past reviews? So this is one of those movies where it's a little tough mm-hmm. because the original reviews not great, mm-hmm. but over time. We've gotten more and more reviews. So it is the only Friday the 13th movie that is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? It might not be certified fresh, but it's fresh. It's fresh. It's got a 64% critical and a 61% audience score. Because what is 60 is a fresh. 60 is fresh. Yeah. So, but when the reviews first came out for this movie, for the critics, they were harsh to say the least. Uh-huh. Uh, Marilyn Uricho of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said, Friday the 13th is minimal on plot, suspense, and characterization. It's not very original or very scary, but it is very low budget. (laughs) Mike Hughes of the Burlington Free Press said, copies everything. That is, except the quality (laughs) of Halloween. Ouch. Ouch. And... uh, (laughs) So I don't have, I couldn't find a, uh, uh, an Ebert, but I did find a, a Gene Siskel. He actually hated this movie so much. <laughs> he called the director uh, one of the most despicable creatures ever to infest the movie business. Wow. And he hated this movie so much, he spoiled the ending in his review in hopes that people wouldn't go see it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so it was nominated for Best Film at the 1980 Mist Fest, which is an Italian film fest. Mm. And it was nominated for two Razzies, Worst Picture, which lost to Can't Stop the Music, and Worst Supporting Actress for Betsy Palmer, who I thought was great, but she lost to Amy Irving, lost, one lost, to Amy Irving for Huckles, Honeysuckle Rose. Okay, well. It spawned 
many sequels, a mm-hmm. TV show, video games, cultural immortality. Yep. And uh, yeah. Now here's here's the thing. Yeah, because then now because now we're it's, it's time where we put down our verdict. Yeah. And I feel like if you like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Or if you're just someone who wants to consider yourself a movie aficionado, you do need to see this movie. Because it is culturally important, depending on your interest level in film. Mm -hmm. Whether it be horror or film or whatever. That said, it is not a movie I would recommend everyone see. So with that, I'm going to give it a plane. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because I liked it, but I do feel it's probably not a movie that everyone should see because it's just not up everybody's alley. It is slow in spots. It drags a bit, but I still had fun. So I'd say plain. I don't think you're going to share my opinion. I I take umbrage with slow in spots because this movie is glacial. (laughs) in spots <laughs> I'm sorry there Jeez, is so Louise. there is so many to be fair, I laid into your last pick so okay this is fair I no, at least hunt, this was only 90 minutes hunt, I was bored this is a 90 minute movie it felt like the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> again at least it wasn't two hours and 40 minutes like your last pick <laughs> That movie was not that long. You're exaggerating. It was but 230 plus. It was 230 with credits. It was so long. Anyway, this it was boring. There was like <laughs> there was like 30 minutes of nothing for 30 seconds of payoff of of a of a kill. And then it, it gets to be even worse than that because most of the kills happen off-screen. Over and over and over again. They, they, I, I, like I said, the off-screen kill, the first one, masterpiece. The reveal of that one, amazing. The Kevin Bacon kill is great. The axe kill, great. Decapitation, it's great for the sense that, like, look at those man hands. But the decapitation itself is so cool. It is. It's cool because it's like a startling surprise. Yeah, Yeah. you're not expecting it. And you think about this is a cheap friggin' movie. They don't have the money to make every kill super graphic. Yeah. Like, uh, I was bored. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hod. I'm giving this a burn. I, Culturally, I know its importance. Culturally. But people don't think of Friday the 13th and they think of Mrs. Voorhees. They think of Jason. There are better movies in this franchise to watch if you want to get reacquainted with this franchise. We're, there are better movies in this franchise that we've already done on this podcast. It's true. So I am un- going to give it a burn, unfortunately. Hun. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We can't win them all. No, we can't. It's a couple stinkers in a row. <laughs> not not a couple stinkers. It's always it's one person seems to. I mean, Armageddon, we both gave it a plane, but I. I, I <laughs> Mortal Kombat, you gave that one a burn. So that was a terrible movie. I was bored. <laughs> now you know how I feel. At least something happens in that movie. <laughs> something happened in this movie. Very, very slowly. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. But next week, 
we will be taking a look at a movie that now that it has passed, I don't have a problem picking it. We are going to hit Jurassic Park three. <laughs> if you remember, we couldn't do it when we did one and two because it wasn't 20 years. Well, it's past 20 years now. And I felt like watching another dinosaur movie. So there you go. Jurassic Park three will be next week's episode. Okay. We look forward to that movie next week for this week's episode of Burn Popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again uh, soon. Bye.